Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us now to hear your word, but not only to hear it, but also to put it into practice. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. No one wants to be deceived. In the news recently there were stories of people from Northern Ireland who were buying a car which was being imported from Sweden. They transferred the money and then realised that there was no car. They had been scammed. Everything seemed to be grand but then the truth was hidden the the deception was believed and the four people so far have each lost around £4,000 each so be careful if if you see a car in Sweden this week that you fancy they were deceived we're urged to be so careful on the internet these days to watch out because there are people out there to deceive us and on Friday morning I had sat and I had written this sermon and then I had to call into the bank on Friday afternoon and sitting on the counter was this can you spot a scammer advice to keep your right to protect yourself to to not be Deceived. If anyone wants to have a look at it later, it'll be here. You see, we need to be on our guard so that we're not deceived. And that is the message that James has for us today in this passage of scripture that we're looking at. And it might be good if you turn back so that you're able to follow along. James tells us to watch out. To not be deceived. But it's not internet deceivers that James is warning us about. It's not anybody else that James is warning us about. It is ourselves. James says that we can deceive ourselves. That we need to watch out for ourselves to not be deceived. And in our passage this morning, there are three ways in which we can deceive ourselves. We can be deceived about our anger. We can be deceived about God's word. We can be deceived about being religious. Three dangers that James warns us about. So let's think about them in turn as we work our way through the passage. First up, we can be deceived about anger, about our own anger. Now I don't know what it is about anger that made me think about driving. Maybe you can imagine. But can you remember the first time that you sat behind a wheel? You might have been in terror. I I certainly was in terror because my mum and dad don't drive. They had never owned a car. I had never sat in a car driving seat before. And suddenly the first lesson came and I was petrified in case I crashed it. 
But one of the very first things that you learn whenever you sit behind a wheel, whether it's your parents or someone else or your driving instructor, one of the first things that you learn is what the pedals do. You know the A, B, C, the accelerator and the brake and the clutch. And and the first time you sit in the car, you think, oh, will I be able to remember these? And which does what? You see, it's vital that you get the right pedal for what you want to do. If you want to go quick, then you need the accelerator. And uh, some of us are very good at knowing where the accelerator is and can overtake very quickly. And if you want to go quick, then you don't hit the brake because you'll not go anywhere very quickly. But there are times, even if you go fast, when you need to slow down and you need to get the right pedal for that you need to get the brake for that because if you hit the accelerator then it's going to be not very good and I remember at one time whenever I was a child there was great excitement at Indramore because uh, this little old man who had been outside a shop at Indramore had got the wrong pedal he had hit the accelerator And he went through the front window of the shop. Now he was fine. The shop assistants were fine. But his car didn't come off very well from it. You need to get the right pedal at the right time. Now in verse 19, and it might be good to look at it. James wants us, his beloved brothers and sisters, to know something. He says, know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Now I don't know about you, but I want to do the opposite of that. I want to be quick to anger, and quick to speak my mind, and slow to listen to anybody else. I wonder is that the same for you? It's like the accelerator and the brake. We need to get them the right way round but you see that's the danger we can deceive ourselves that this is the way things should be that we need to stand up for ourselves and so we think that our anger is always justified that it's always righteous but James gives us the truth here is the deception verse 20 for the anger of man and woman does not produce the righteousness of God the anger that we experience does not produce the righteousness of God it's like the production line in a factory if you put anger in you don't get a righteous life out we need to stop deceiving ourselves about our anger And do something about it. And James tells us what we need to do. Verse 21. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word. Which is able to save your souls. We need to get rid of our filthiness. We need to have a watch. We need to change. And instead of deceiving ourselves, we need to receive something. The implanted word. 
You see, God gives us his word, he plants it in us. But notice that we receive it with meekness. Anger is the expression of our rights, our opinion, our agenda. We need to turn it on our heads. We need to put the brake on as we meekly submit and receive God's word. So don't be deceived that your anger fits with a righteous life. The solution is to receive the implanted word. But even as we receive the word, we can deceive ourselves. Look at verse 22 with me. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James is saying that it's not enough to hear God's word. We also have to do it. We have to put it into practice. Otherwise, we're just deceiving ourselves. And to help us get what he's saying, James shows us the picture of a man and a mirror. Now, as we thought about with the children a few moments ago, I don't know how long you spend in front of a mirror. But the man here in, in James's picture is looking intently at his face. Maybe he sees that he needs to wash his face or comb his hair. But his looking in the mirror was in the end pointless. As James continues, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. He might as well not have bothered as he forgets what he needs to change. In contrast, those who put into practice what they read in God's word are found in verse 25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. God's word is described as the law of liberty, the perfect law. But just like a mirror, it also shows us what we're really like and what we need to change. The hearer is like the one who looks in the mirror, who goes away and forgets, but the doer looks and perseveres and does it and acts. When it comes to God's word, are we deceiving ourselves? As you sit down to open the Bible each day, as you perhaps, as some of us are doing, reading through the whole Bible in a year is that in the end of the day pointless is it just a matter of moving your bookmark every day but not really taking anything in and not really changing anything do we speed through to get today's reading done and put a tick beside it and then forget about it Or is it having an impact on our lives? James says the blessing is there for the one who hears and does it. So don't be deceived that hearing the word is enough. The solution is to put it into practice. 
In the last two verses then, James brings us to the last deception. And we might think it odd that he talks about religious people. I've said often enough that Christianity is about a relationship, not about religion. It's about knowing God rather than performing rules and and duties. But what James is talking about here is the outworking of our relationship with God. And the deception for the religious person, the person who thinks that they're okay with God, is that their life doesn't fit. They don't bridle their tongue, which reminds us of the anger we thought about at the start. You see, they think they're religious, but they're actually deceiving themselves. Their religion, their their walk, their witness, it's, it's all worthless. So how is your witness to your faith? Are you deceiving yourself? Am I deceiving myself? You see, we might deceive ourselves, but a watching world, people around us can quickly spot an inconsistent walk. Maybe we know this from work. How can he shout at his employees like that and him a Christian? How can she get involved with all the gossip and her a Christian? As in the previous warnings, James gives us the solution, the way to change. He says in verse 27, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. I wonder, do you think, is that a surprising list? If you had been asked... To say what you thought the essential marks of being a Christian were. Would those have come top of your list? James isn't saying that this is all there is to being a Christian. But why does he focus on these things as the mark of living out our Christian faith? Well two reasons we'll look at very quickly. First of all because they're rooted in what God has done for us. In verse 18, which comes just before our passage, we read this. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. God has shown his concern for those in need, for us. Because he decided by his own will to save us. It wasn't anything in, in ourselves that... That God thought, well, there's a super person we need to save them. No, God looked at us in our need and lavished his mercy on us. And so we're called to do that to others. And how did we become Christians? James says it's by the word of truth. That God is a God of holiness, a God of truth. Everything God says is true. And so we should bridle our tongues and only speak what is true. Because of who God is. And why? 
did we become Christians? Why did God save us? To be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. To be holy because God is holy. Care for the needy. Truthful speaking and holiness. God wants us to do these things because they're rooted in who he is. And how he has dealt with us. But these two verses are also like a launch pad for the rest of the letter. Now, Ian, I, I used to be a member of the Boys Brigade, and I loved doing loads of things, but the one thing I hated doing was the box work. You know, where you're standing at one end of the hall and you have to run in a straight line, and there's a, a, a big wooden box, a horse. That you have to get over. And how did you get over it? The springboard. I hated it. I would have went home. Rather than stay at BB the night that it was that. Because I would run up. Not very well if you've seen me at football. I would run up. And. (laughs) Never quite worked. I never quite. Got enough lift to get over. Well, these two verses are like that springboard. They show us what the rest of the letter is about. These three big themes flow through the rest of what James will tell us as we look at it over the rest of this spring term. Care for the needy in chapter 2, which we'll think about next week with Mother's Union. How we use our tongue in chapter 3. And holiness, being unstained from the world in the rest of the letter. Now all that will come in due course. But this morning, perhaps we need to take some time today to ask yourself honestly, am I deceiving myself? Am I thinking that things are fine Well, actually, there's a problem there. Am I quick to anger when I need to be slow? Am I quick to speak when I need to take a step back and let someone else speak? Am I slow to listen? I need to create space to hear what others say. Am I deceiving myself about my anger? Second, am I deceiving myself about God's word? That I read it, that I think about it, that I go to Bible study, and yet, it's not making any impact on my life. And am I deceiving myself by thinking I'm religious? But it's all just self-deception. How are we doing with God's priorities of bridling our tongue, caring for those in need, and pursuing holiness? As we hear God's word today, 
Will we just nod along and think, yep, that's right, he has preached truth today. Or will we actually do something about it? James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we lay our lives before you. We pray that you would apply your word to our hearts. That we would seek to hear what you're saying. And that we would also put it into practice. So Father we ask for your grace. For your help. And we ask it for your glory's sake. Amen.